And Rhino, he's not even an issue. I don't sweat Rhino. Rhino's got him set up on the rope right here. Brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com. As always, thank you so much for letting us be a little part of your day. However large or small it may be, we know you've got a lot of choices in podcasting, particularly in wrestling podcasting. And we appreciate you giving us a shot here on the Rhino Wrestling Review. Flying solo today. No guests, no backup, just yours truly. And... This episode is your fault, ladies and gentlemen. This episode is mostly going to be based on the emails that I've been getting telling me how great Raw has been and how much you've been enjoying Raw lately and how I need to give it another chance because I've been very vocal about the fact that I haven't been a diligent watcher of Raw the last month or so and i got to tell you, it's been very liberating. I haven't really felt like I have missed anything. And judging by the recaps that I read and the highlights that I see, it doesn't really seem like I have missed anything. But you guys were very insistent in many of your emails. And I got quite a few telling me that I need to just watch Raw this week, Dan. Just watch Raw. Just give it another shot. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with it and I gotta tell you this is your fault I blame you you know I love you however I don't like you very much right now if you're one of the people that emailed me and told me that I needed to watch Raw because guys I watched Raw this past week and I'm not talking about the post Clash of Champions show that is airing as I'm recording this on Monday night I'm talking about the previous week's show the go-home show for Clash of Champions, as it were. And I took some notes after I watched, or as I was watching it, and kind of compiled them afterwards. And like I said, this was the first Raw I had watched in weeks, and it was because of you. So, shame on you. The way I understand it, Retribution, from everything I've seen, they've been blowing things up. They've been chainsaw, chainsawing through the ring ropes, jumping people. There's a group of seemingly 20 people taking over the Raw shows. It reminded me of when the Dark Order first started. And there was like 30 guys in black bodysuits out there. They even brought in jobbers, like local jobbers, to make it look like there were 100 of them. But we find out on Raw this week, this past week, we find out that at least kayfabe-wise, this group that's been tearing shit up for weeks, and again, kayfabe-wise, is ruining the show as total outsiders, unwelcome to the show, 
have been given contracts. Why? How does that make sense kayfabe-wise? How does that make sense to have somebody coming in and tearing up your show and we give them contracts? I know, we're, I know all, wrestling is all about suspension of disbelief and all that, but how is that supposed to make sense to me as a, as a viewer? And you're probably going to tell me that I'm trying to make logical sense of an illogical sport that is pro wrestling. But these guys have been ruining, going out their way to ruin the show for weeks. And you give them contracts so that they can do it legally? That just doesn't make sense. But then we find out that, and something we, we kind of knew all, already, it was confirmed to us this past week, that all these guys and gals are already under contract because they were wrestling on NXT under different names on just a different night of the week. All of these guys and gals that have been given contracts, air quote, contracts, they already have contracts. They're already under contract with your company. Legit and kayfabe-wise. Covering both, both aspects of the spectrum. They're already under contract. They're NXT guys and gals. How does that make sense? Let's talk about the names. T-Bar. Dominic Dijakovic. Or Dijakovic, or whatever you want to call him. T-Bar. Slapjack. And Mace. Slapjack is Shane Thorne. Mace is Dio Madden. And we called the Dio Madden one about two months ago. If you go back and listen to the show, we saw a gentleman hit a spear from the left for, on using his left shoulder on Raw, I believe, about two months ago. And he said, that's Dio Madden. Dio Madden hit that same, uh, same spear when he fought Mansoor on NXT. What are, what are, who made these names up? These are like bad... Like the the sea level transformers, or maybe like like the GoBots. Remember the the GoBots, which were like the uh, the, the uh, off-brand transformers. I'm probably showing my age right now. Most of you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But what is going on with these garbage names? And how are they working as two different characters concurrently on two different shows? So you're telling me, uh, Dijakovic has been jumping people on Raw under the guise of T-Bar and then has also been getting title shots against Keith Lee on NXT at that same time. How does that make sense? Dio Madden is making his big return and wrestling that match against Mansoor on NXT and he's also spearing people under a different disguise and a different moniker on Raw. It's like those Eddie Murphy movies where, where Eddie Murphy used to play like three or four characters in the same film. And there's that scene in Coming to America where they're uh, talking about boxing in the barbershop and Arsenio Hall's like two characters in that scene. Eddie Murphy's like three or four characters in that scene. I guess it's the same thing. So if T-Bar is under contract with Raw... Is Dijakovic still under contract with NXT? Is this guy getting two paychecks? Because if so, man, more power to him. You know, I'm all for, you know, wrestlers making more money as hard as they work. So Dijakovic, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, 
Mia Yim, Mercedes Martinez, the revealed members of this faction, Retribution. I almost called them the Dark Order. Kudos to you guys for drawing two paychecks. But all of a sudden, this group of 20 guys that's been attacking people left and right for the last few weeks, are, are we down to like three to six now? Because that's really what's been revealed. Or are you going to reveal all 20 of them? Or is it just going to be, are we just going to pretend like the other 15 guys don't exist now? Because this Dark Order did the same crap when they were hiring local jobbers just temporarily just to come out and make their attacks look more impressive. And when they hire local jobbers, that's where you get that the one guy who was throwing the phantom punches that missed by three feet. I don't know if he's, I don't remember if he was punching one of the young bucks or if it was one of SCU. I don't remember who it was, but he had him down on the mat and he was throwing these punches right on the hard cam that were just really, you know, just made Jim Cornette just cringe. Not that that's that hard to do, but that's what happens when you get guys like when you get guys like that. So are are they going to stay a group of 20? Are we going to reveal all these 20 people or is it just going to be like the dark order where we have like 20 people and they're all crawling around in gimp masks and then we slowly kind of fade them out until we got like 7 or 8. And then we can just like literally just give them numbers. And Dijakovic is on Twitter as T-Bar. He's got he's got a different Twitter handle as T-Bar. I can't just I can't believe I'm saying this. It's just terrible just sucks and i know that i that i hate everything but come on you can't tell me this is good you can't tell me this is good it's good shit pal you can't tell me that you cannot tell me that nothing about this is well done and and i'm getting into more here i've, I've only begun to scrape the surface of what i hate about this angle and what i hated about raw this week Oh, and by the way, you know the world's coming to an end. We already know it's coming to an end because it's 2020 and everything that's happened. We've got fire tornadoes and, you know, and COVID and, and God knows what else. But you know the world's coming to an end when Dave Meltzer says something on uh, the Wrestling Observer podcast or the Wrestling Observer radio show or whatever it's called. I saw a clip where Dave Meltzer compared the booking of Retribution to the booking of WCW and that it was as bad or worse. And I got to tell you, the world's coming to an end, guys, because I wholeheartedly agree with Dave Meltzer. And I told him that on Twitter. I told him that he agreed, that I agreed with him, and he blocked me. (laughs) He blocked me. All the crap I've given this guy over the years and the straw that broke the camel's back he hadn't blocked me for anything that I'd said on this show. He hadn't blocked me for anything that I had ever written. He hadn't blocked me for anything that I'd said on social media. He hadn't blocked me for anything. But the straw that broke the camel's back is that when I actually agreed with him, he blocked me. <laughs> and there was a few years ago, Dave Meltzer said something, or JBL said something like 80% of Dave Meltzer, what Dave Meltzer writes is made up. And Dave Meltzer said, I take that as a compliment. I, I, I take that as a compliment. I wear that like a, a badge of honor. Well, I'm going to wear this like a badge of honor, Dave. Thank you for acknowledging me in as much that you blocked me for agreeing with you. And I didn't say, like, you know, F that piece of gra- garbage, Dave Belzer, but, you know, he's a huge piece of human garbage, but I agree with him. No, it was, it's rare, but I agree with him, and I got blocked, so... 
you know, I don't know what you guys did this week, but I got blocked by, uh, by Dave Meltzer for actually agreeing with him. And I was agreeing with him about the booking of Raw and particularly the booking of Retribution. So Retribution comes out, speaking of, of, of how they're booked, they come out for their first actual match now that they've been signed. And they're not wearing the, the full ninja mask like, like they had been. They're wearing, they're wearing these... There's been, it's, it's just been picked apart online. They're wearing these like first grade art class paper plate projects. Like when your art teacher says, okay, kids, we're going to show you how to make a Halloween mask out of a paper plate. You're going to take a paper plate. You're going to draw some eyes on it. You're going to cut them out. We're going to attach this little stretchy band to it. We're going to glue some glitter to it. We're going to uh, use some markers here, and we're going to make us a mask. And it's going to come out looking like crap. But you tell them it looks great. And that's what Retribution comes out in. They come out in like the after Halloween sale when all that when all the Halloween stores put everything like 75% off and all the crappy masks are the ones that, that are left. But we gotta buy something because we gotta dress up and we gotta look tough out here on TV. That's what they look like. They come out and they take on the hurt business. And you know, the hurt business to their credit, is one of the best things going in wrestling right now. I think MVP may be doing his best work, arguably his best work of his career. I think Bobby Lashley is more relevant and more compelling now than he has been since he came back to the WWE at any point since he came back to the WWE. I'm more interested in Shelton Benjamin at any time since he's come back to the WWE several years ago. I'm, I have, have not been this interested in Cedric Alexander since the first Cruiserweight Classic tournament when I first saw him and the please sign Cedric chance. I haven't been this, this interested in Cedric either. And that's all credit to those guys. That's all credit to MVP. And I'm guessing a lot of that is driven by the by the creative juices of MVP. I'm guessing that's not Vince writing these uh, promos for MVP. I'm guessing that's MVP kind of coming up with these things and these being okayed by Vince. But I can't imagine that the same mind that's coming up with Retribution is coming up with The Hurt Business, which has actually been very, very compelling. And I'm really glad that Bobby Lashley retained that United States title against Apollo Crews at Clash of Champions because I think that just gives them even more credibility and I think that that group has a lot of potential going forward and I actually loved what MVP was saying on the pre-show to Clash of Champions when he was he seemed like he was just talking off the cuff where he was getting interviewed by the panel that they had on stage and MVP was backstage answering their questions and it just sounded sounded so convincing it sounded so logical it's the delivery was was so smooth but he made a lot of good points and he made a lot of sense and that's that's a couple of things that we can't say that we've gotten a lot of from raw and smackdown and even nxt lately and that's things that are logical and things that make sense you have to have that in pro wrestling it has to make some semblance of sense. Now, the R-Truth thing, you know, running around like a, like a 49er, you know, panning for gold at the Clash of Champions, that's fine. 
that's all comedy. There's a place for that in wrestling. However, most, I'd say 95% of your card, 95% of your storylines, 95% of your show and of your pay-per-views need to make sense and they have to have some kind of logic behind them. You want to do comedy? That's fine. You want to throw some matches out there just for the sake of having good matches to kind of make wrestling like that buffet where there's a little something for everybody. You got the comedy, you got stuff for the kids, you got good matches that don't really have a storyline behind them. That's fine. Throw that out there. But that's 5% of your show. The other 95% has to have logic, it has to make sense, and it's got to have a meaning behind it. And everything that MVP says is logical, it makes sense, it has a meaning behind it. And, he, and it has that passion behind it that makes me believe him. He's a believable character. He doesn't go out there and say that, you know, we're trying to take over the world, we're going to you know, knock out generators like Retribution is doing. He goes, no, we're all about the money. And everybody have try, has tried to paint the Hurt Business as like the nation of domination just because of the color of their skin. And MVP addressed that on Sunday when he said, the only color we care about is green. You win more matches, you, you get the winner's cut of the purse, you take the winner's stub to the pay window, however, whatever euphemism you want to use for it. That's what they're all about. And their strength in numbers. And there's, there's some, everybody in that group does something different. MVP is the wily veteran, and he's the spokesperson for it. He's not the leader. He's the spokes, spokesman for it. He's the best one on, that, on the mic in that group by far. Shelton's probably second. Cedric and Lashley, they can battle it out for third. But MVP is the spokesman. He can get in there and, and beat people up if he needs to. Uh, Lashley is your alpha male. He is your, your, your dominant physical force, the premier athlete. Uh, Shelton Benjamin is a little bit of Mr. Everything. He is kind of the... the if Cedric Alexander and Bobby Lashley had a baby, it'd be Shelton Benjamin. He's, the, he's got the... Freestyle wrestling pedigree. He can do the athletic moves. He's been in the game for a long time, held a lot of titles. He's got a lot of respect in the business. He's done a little bit of everything. And then you got the up and comer in Cedric Alexander. The cruiserweight, the daredevil, the person who MVP feels like he can help get to the next level because he's not there yet. He just goes out and has good matches. But now I actually care about them because he's part of the Hurt Business and he's got MVP behind him. So disregarding the whole Hurt Business thing, Hurt Business goes out there against Retribution. Get back to what we're really talking about here. Retribution, Retribution has a chance here to really make a, a name for themselves. And they get DQ'd in their first big match, ends in a DQ and ends with just like a 40-man brawl in the ring. When the locker room empties, and then all the, you know, the the lower level members of Retribution, the the nameless ones, the the Dark Order seven, eight, and nine, so to speak, come out, and it ends in just a big brouhaha and a and a DQ. This is what Vince thinks is good shit, pal. He booked that. That's him. That's got Vince all over it. 
And then for some reason, Drew comes out as, which is fine. Drew comes out. He's the champ. He comes out as as part of Team WWE, and we got a forty man brouhaha in the ring. But what doesn't make sense is that sense is that Orton comes out to RKO Drew just because we've got a pay per view to promote, and that's how we go off the air. Why? What? Those those stories don't don't line up at all. The Retribution storyline taking over WWE, the Retribution for for some reason being in a in a feud with the Hurt Business. I, apparently they're both heels, which makes doubly no sense. And then we've got Team WWE, who I guess is with the Hurt Business because they're all WWE. Although the Hurt Business is kind of their own thing, and then. Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton kind of have their own thing, so it's like it's like those Russian nesting dolls where we keep finding little things inside of more little things, and then we, we keep going down until we get to the the big RKO because we've got to promote the, the pay per view for Sunday. You're just throwing everything out there, and oh, they'll figure it out in the ring, pal. It's not good. It's confusing. It's not logical. It doesn't flow. There's no fluidity to it. How does any of this make sense? How does any of this advance anything of consequence at all? Please tell me. And this raw underground stuff, man, y'all have got to stop telling me how good and how different and how unique this garbage is. Because it there is nothing... There's nothing positive about that, about Raw Underground. Nothing. There was one thing that I thought could have been a positive about Raw Underground. The only positive I could see coming out of this was the potential for giving some shine to some new stars. Maybe some guys that you've tried to use before didn't really have anything for. Let's try them in a different format. Let's give them a different presentation with this Raw Underground, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, luck into something. Give us a chance to, to, to build some of these guys. Maybe it's a guy we took a chance on before. Maybe it's a guy we've never, had, we've never taken a chance on before. But this is a way to make him look strong and make him look like a badass. But these guys that you've been trying to build in Raw Underground, they're getting beat in Raw Underground by Braun Strowman and Dolph Ziggler. Braun Strowman is one of the weakest world champions we've had in the last decade. The only reason he became champion is because Roman Reigns went home when the COVID thing happened. And we need to have somebody to go against Goldberg at WrestleMania. That's not a good reason to put the title on somebody. But Braun Strowman had the title. He was in a terrible feud with The Fiend. Lost it to Roman Reigns. And now he's piddling around Raw Underground? And Dolph Ziggler, of all people. Dolph has never... Dolph means nothing at this point in his character development. And that pains me to say, because he's one of the best in-ring competitors on the planet. And I think he's a, a good personality, and I think he's very good on the mic, too. But you got these guys like uh, Dabakato, who's been just been whooping ass for weeks. Whooping everyone's ass for weeks. He gets squashed by Strowman in, what, two minutes? And Dolph Ziggler goes out there and beats, who was it, Arturo Ruas? Ruas? Arturo Ruas, I think. I don't know. Somebody will correct me. They're, they're nothing now. What was the point of building them? Was the point of Raw Underground to push Braun Strowman? Guys, you've been trying to make Braun Strowman happen. 
for years. It's like the Baron Corbin thing. Baron Corbin's the only person you've tried harder to get over that you can't get over. You can't get Braun over either. And don't tell me you're going to start giving Dolph Ziggler a push now. Because you have, you've had every opportunity to do that in years past and you haven't pulled the trigger on it. And is it really raw underground? Is it really underground and like like Fight Club, we don't talk about Fight Club, and this is like, we don't want anybody to know about that. you got to have like a secret password to get in. Is it really Raw Underground if you're promoting it on the Kevin Owens show on regular Raw? Raw Underground looks even worse than Raw. The, the fights that I see on Raw Underground look even worse than Raw because it looks like bad fake fighting. I hate to use the F word there, but it's bad fake fighting. I know you're trying to make it look more real, but it actually looks more fake somehow. So you're squashing these young guys you've been building for weeks. Why even have Raw Underground as a thing? Just to give Shane something to do? Because if I have to hear Shane say, Dabakato, 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 one more time, just shoot me. Just shoot me. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Rey Mysterio, Aaliyah Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio... Who's your daddy storyline where Seth Rollins is telling Aaliyah that Ray's not really your dad. And then when she freaks out about it, all of a sudden Seth is, is very sympathetic and he's not as much of an asshole anymore. It, it doesn't make sense at all. It's not logical. You want to do soap opera shit? That's fine. But even soap operas, for all the nonsense that they have, they've got some kind of end game to them they've got some kind of fluidity to them they've got some kind of storyline to them they don't just have people you know making out for no reason there's a reason for it you don't just throw things out there for no reason that don't fit the story that don't fit the mold and don't fit the narrative and this storyline just to get all of Rey Mysterio's family on TV you know what you, you want to put Dominic on TV you know that's fine He's, he trained with Lance Storm, I believe. You know, he has shown that he can be competent in the ring and he's only going to get better. I wouldn't mind if he was down at the PC working these things out and set on TV, but he's, he's fine. He's good enough. But you want to get the whole family into it and then you want to rehash an old storyline because that's when ratings were good. So let's just do that again. Put the belt on Hogan then. Your ratings were never your ratings were never better. Your ticket sales were never better in the in the mid to late 80s. Put the belt on Hogan again. That's what moves that's what worked before, right? Have him beat the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden when we can have crowds crowds again. For the vacant title. Just do that. Because if we're just going both with what worked before and bringing it to today, let's just do that. So Shame on you, everybody that told me that I needed to watch Raw because, um, and I still love you, and I'll forgive you. You know, I, 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 for, I forgive very easily, but I don't forget anything. I'm, uh, you know, I don't hold grudges, I remember facts. I tell my friends that a lot when they've wronged me. But all, the, all of you that told me that Raw, Raw was good, maybe it was. Maybe I just caught a bad show. But the one I 
caught was really, really bad. So it just, it kind of makes me think, if I'm one of the people that had kind of stopped watching Raw, and I only catch up with the highlights, and I only catch up with, you know, the recaps, I'm one of the pe- I'm one of the people, one of the lost fans, one of the lapsed fans. And there's millions more like me. So where are these fans gone? Because I was looking at a story this week about WWE stock. And WWE stock right now, earlier this week it was trading at 38.82 a share. Last year at the same time, $70.81 a share. So it's almost gone down 50% in a calendar year. 18 months ago, April 2019, it was at nearly $100 a share. And the reason this came up is because Triple H and Stephanie McMahon sold a ton of stock last month. Between the two of them, about $4.5 million worth of stock. And our buddies over at Inside the Ropes, I think it was Alex McCarthy, a special contributor over at Inside the Ropes, Apparently he did some digging and said this is normal for the couple to, to sell off stock like this. They've done it before. I think they did it, might have done it last year as well. And, this, and that this sale was for family purposes. And then the main rumor going being that the couple is looking to purchase a new home. And that's why they sold off this stock. But you can't have this happen without having the rumors pop up about Triple H looking to distance himself from the WWE because of everything that's happened in the last couple of years, given how Bruce Pritchard and not Triple H seems to be Vince's number two right now. And don't call it a demotion because it wasn't a demotion, but the role change that Triple H got earlier this year, right before the whole COVID thing happened. Oh, and they even joked about it on SmackDown when Triple H was doing guest commentary. Oh, you don't you hear? I got demoted. Ha, ha, ha. I got demoted to cameraman when he was shooting uh, the holding the camera for Michael Cole on one of the first uh, COVID SmackDowns. Could this be a sign that Triple H is looking to put some space between him, him and WWE? Because if he didn't see himself as the heir apparent, as we originally thought, or if he knows something about Vince planning to sell the company in the future, maybe he just wants to, you know, cut his losses. Take out your stock. If the company is going to get sold, they might not want to keep you, the new owners of it. And even if the company's not going to get sold, if you don't feel like your ideas and your vision is being listened to as much as Brother Love's vision is, you might not feel as committed as you were a couple years ago. So let's talk about the stock. Why is the stock trending so low? I tried to I tried to put my finger on why the stock is so low right now. And you can't just say COVID. You can't just say COVID's you know, stock is low because you know Amazon stocks through the roof. You know, some people are, are, are benefiting from COVID. You can't just say that stocks are down across the board. Why is it trending so low? Why is it nearly one-third of what it was 18 months ago? How did it go from 99 something dollars a share to 38.82 in 18 months? And I think there's a multi-faceted, multi-layered answer to that. Number one is the TV ratings. TV ratings are down. And not just this is not just the classic comparison to Attitude Era. Oh, well, 
they're, they're, of course they're down. At the Attitude Era, we had 10 million people watching wrestling, and now we've got 2 million people. We've known this for a while. No, they're down within the last half decade. They're down considerably within the last half decade. If you look at Raw from five years ago, 2015 to the day, they've literally lost half of their viewership. They were doing about 3.3 million in 2015 to a recent uh, 1.67 in five years. And they still got that huge TV deal because TV rights are so huge right now. But on conference calls, People are always asking, investors are always asking, why the why are the ratings down? And Vince always blames the storylines for the ratings drop. Yet he is the man who signs off on all the stories. He's the one who's forcing late last late last minute rewrites. And in that conference call back in July to discuss the quarter two numbers, Vince talked about how we're gonna have better better stories to win the viewers back, pal. That's why we're getting raw underground. That's the new stories you're talking about? That's why we're getting Retribution? The storyline I just took a dump on earlier? That's why we're getting this nonsensical storytelling? That's why we're getting rehash rehashes of stories from 15 years ago? That's why we're getting this to win back viewers? For the longest time, we've complained about the writing of these shows. We complained about it for the longest time. Vince is cognizant of the fact that the writing is subpar because he said it to investors. And you do not mislead your stockholders. So it seems like the fix to the ratings is clear. It's storyline. Yet we can't seem to figure this issue out. The same, the, guy, the same guy that realizes there's a problem keeps doing the same stupid things. He doesn't try to mix it up. He might say, oh, well, we fired these writers and brought in these writers. You're still the person who gives a thumbs up or thumbs down to everything. It's you. You're the one forcing rewrites 20 minutes before the show starts, a live show. It's you. You're the problem. For the longest time, we've complained about the writing. He knows that the writing is the problem. Fine. We should all be happy. You know it sucks. We know it sucks. Fix it keep doing the same thing though definition of insanity keep doing the same thing and expect a different result and you can't say well it's the pg era they're writing for kids that's why it sucks we don't like pg writing they need to start you know beating up women again like they did in the attitude era they need to start having you know uh geriatric women give birth to to appendages no they're not writing for kids because kids aren't watching. From 2016 to 2019, USA number USA Network's numbers with kids have dropped 27%. And it's not just USA's numbers. It's kids in general are not watching TV as much over the last few years. Even the kids branded network like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, they're down by crazy numbers. Those, those kid channels that cater to that that group they're down nearly 50 percent over the from 2016 to 2019 nearly 50 percent so kids are opting they're opting for streaming services they're opting for video games so you're not writing for them they're not watching why is the wwe not providing programming 
that the 18 to 49 demo or even the 50 plus demo would want to watch. Who are they writing for exactly? Not writing for the kids because the kids aren't watching. Don't expect these numbers to bounce back without a drastic change. Because as we get further and further away from people watching terrestrial television and moving more to streaming platforms and video games and virtual reality and things like that, these numbers may even drop at a faster rate. So that's one reason why the stock's down. Another reason is the Saudi Arabia shows. They're not happening during COVID. When those shows were announced and that big-time oil money was coming in from the Middle East, WWE stock prices shot up. You could look at the charts and you could easily tell which quarters of the year had a Saudi show taking place based on the money coming into WWE. But the sports authority over in Saudi Arabia, even when, even when shows come back, even when we got this COVID thing under control, which we don't know what it's going to be, they might not even be able to cover the cost of these shows in the future. I read this article. It was in uh, The Economist. And it, it's about two weeks ago. And it said that countries such as Saudi Arabia need an oil price of $70 to $80 a barrel in order to balance their budgets. And the current price is about $40 a barrel. So that money the WWE is counting on, stockholders were counting on, that money may not even be available to WWE in the near future or the far future. Especially, if you think about it, we've got an election coming up this November. If we have a president who's more focused on alternative energies and less reliant on oil... You know, that could make the, the oil price, that can make the oil even uh, less ideal. That can make the, uh, the appeal of, of oil even less, which is going to drive down the price per barrel. And that's going to cut into the funding that, that they have over there available. So you might not be able to count on that Saudi Arabia money, even when, when things get better with the global pandemic we've got going on. And then you've got even more potential financial troubles on the horizon and things could get even murkier for the WWE's bottom line as this whole independent contractor status thing comes to more light because Andrew Yang who's one of the Democratic presidential hopefuls he recently came out against WWE for their ban on performers using platforms like Cameo and Twitch and other social media forms to monetize themselves outside of the WWE umbrella WWE said, we give you 30 days, you need to shut these down. We, we, own these, we own your likeness, we own this character. You cannot use it you know, outside of a WWE-approved or branded event or a WWE-approved or branded platform. But as independent contractors, they should be allowed to work wherever they want. But the WWE contracts prevent them from doing so. So Andrew Yang came out against this, who's, a, who's actually a lifelong wrestling fan, which is pretty cool. Came out and said that if he has an opportunity to do something about it, he's going to go to the top and do something about this. And I totally understand the WWE's point of view. Don't get me wrong. The fact that they invest tons of screen time and tons of money into developing these characters and increasing their profiles to the point that they are desirable for these outside financial avenues. Don't get me wrong. But they're not employees. And that's the issue Andrew Yang has with this. 
the wrestlers don't have a pension plan. They don't have medical insurance. They can't monetize their likeness with merchandise outside of approved WWE merch, most of which is terrible. They don't get business travel reimbursement unless travels work specifically into their contracts, which it often isn't. And again, it, this could come down to the election this November. You know, Depending on how that election goes, if someone like Andrew Yang is given a prominent presidential cabinet post, like Linda McMahon was for our current president, you could finally see movement on the whole wrestlers union front for better or for worse because it is not all a positive thing. I heard Eric Bischoff talking about how there are some, and it pissed, pissed some people off on his 83 Weeks podcast with a friend of the show, Conrad Thompson, where Eric talked about how, this, be careful what you wish for, because this wrestler's union thing could affect the bottom line for a lot of wrestlers, particularly of the lower tier, who may not have jobs anymore because WWE might not be able to afford them, because WWE could be in financial straits, that kind of ties it all to what I'm talking about here. WWE, if this whole independent contractor thing gets challenged, that could put them in even more financial straits and make that stock price go even lower. Because it's going to cost them millions of dollars to provide health care and, and pension benefits and things like that. If the wrestlers are allowed to uh, be labeled true independent contractors... In which case, if you want them loyal to you, you better sign them as employees. Because if they're independent contractors, they can wrestle on your show one week, they can go to AEW next week. They can go to New Japan next week, they can go to Ring of Honor, they could go to Impact, they could go to MLW, they could go anywhere. And they don't, and they don't have to tell you. But you want to treat them like employees, you got to pay them like employees. But there could be that could there could be good and bad things to that. But it could be coming, and that could be another thing that WWE has to worry about with this stock price. So it, it all kind of it it all flows together. Here, when I talk about Raw, it flows into Raw sucks. Okay, Raw sucks, so the ratings are down. Well, why does Raw suck? Okay, it's because of the writing. Okay, well, the writing ties into, to, in, into what Vince said to the stockholders. Because the stock price is down. Okay, why is the stock price down? The stock price isn't just down because of shitty writing. The writing was shitty 18 months ago, and the stock price was nearly $100 a share. So then we've got to break it down even more. We've got to talk about the Saudi deal. We've got to talk about uh, ratings dropping. We got to talk about the potential that things could get even worse if this whole independent contractor thing truly plays out the way Andrew Yang thinks that it could. It's very similar to, and I talked to uh, Sandra, our friend from Inside the Ropes. Check out, uh, subscribe insidetheropesmagazine.com. I have subscribed. My first issue is not here yet. Sandra has her first issue. She was bragging about it on social media. I don't have mine yet. So uh, maybe Sandra can uh, tap the higher ups there at Inside the Ropes. Find out where my magazine is, man. I need my I need my wrestling magazine fix. It's been a while. But we talked about the parallels between the WWE independent contractor status and the 
independent contractor status in the uh, world of mixed martial arts. And there was this thing called the, the Muhammad Ali Act that came out in, uh, in the 90s. And it basically protected boxers to where you, couldn't, you didn't have to be d- tied down to one promoter. You didn't have to be tied down to uh, only fighting who, who they wanted you to fight. There, there were, it established, and for better or worse, you know, I think the bo- boxing is a mess right now, but for better or worse, it established rankings across all promoters. So you didn't just have like the top 10 of Don King's fighters. You had the top 10 of all welterweight fighters in the world. And it had things in there about mandatory title defenses. Like if you were the number one contender, you would eventually get a title shot. You didn't have to play political games. You didn't have to you know, buddy up with Dana White or buddy up with Vince McMahon to get your push. And the Muhammad Ali Act, uh, the, the, there's a bill in Congress called the Muhammad Ali Expansion Act, which would basically add mixed martial arts to... Uh, this Muhammad Ali Act for boxing. And it would basically remove promotions like UFC and Bellator as their own organizations. They would still be around. They would still be, but they would just be like promoters. They wouldn't be your employee, employer, while you're st- while they're still calling you an independent contractor, which is what WWE is doing. They could still promote fights. However, they wouldn't be their own organizations with their own ranking systems and their own belts. There would be an MMA belt for a certain weight class. And everybody in the world that's in that weight class would be in a boxing-like ranking system with mandatory title defenses and ranking across all promotions. Because if the USA, if the UFC is saying that their fighters are truly independent contractors, yet they're not afforded the freedom uh, or privileges that come along with being an independent contractor. They can't even wear sco- sponsorship gear to the cage anymore. They have to wear that, that Reebok gear, and they get a small stipend for that. Not nearly as much as, as some of the, especially the undercard fighters, what they were making in wearing uh, promoted ring gear and hanging sponsors on their sponsorship banners in their co- corners. They can't do that anymore. If they're truly independent, they should be able to fight for any promoter anywhere in the world. And if you want to say they're, they're employees and they can't, and you control their likeness and they can't fight anywhere else, and then you got to pay them. You got to pay them like employees. You got to provide benefits like employees. It's so similar to the WWE situation. And not just WWE, but Impact, AEW, Ring of Honor. The whole independent contractor thing is not just a WWE issue. But WWE is the one we're talking about here in the stock prices and why the stock prices are so low because if the whole independent contractor label goes away in pro wrestling like I said for good or bad because there's negatives to it as, as well it will cost Vince McMahon millions and millions and millions of dollars to comply and it's probably going to cost wrestler jobs too because you know Vince isn't going to make He's not going to want to make less money. He'll just have less positions. Because it's going to cost him millions and millions and millions of dollars to comply with this employer status, employer-employee relationship status, rather than independent contractors thing that he's been getting away with for decades. 
And if he has to spend all this extra money and he wants to keep things running the way they are with the same staff and the same roster, that's going to make that stock even less valuable because you're not getting more money in. You're just putting more money out. And maybe that'll be the final straw for events. Maybe the independent contractor thing being the last vestige of the good old days of controlling the entire pro wrestling landscape. That was the last thing we had. Maybe that'll be the last straw for him and he'll sell the company and cut his losses. Who knows? But like I said, I, I, I know it kind of seems like I'm all over the place, but it really does all tie together, I promise. <laughs> when we talk about Raw and me giving Raw a chance and talking about how crappy Raw is because of the crappy writing, and Vince says the crappy writing is why the stock price is down, and there's got to be other reasons why the stock prices are down, WWE's still making a ton of money. But let's not forget that they fired a bunch of people recently, too. And you could talk about how healthy the WWE has been financially based on just the, the gross numbers that they've, that they've made during the pandemic. They say, oh, look at them. They're doing fine. And they're doing fine because they fired all these people. And they, they didn't need to fire all these people. They could have kept them on the, on the roster. Look at how much money they're making, even when they're not doing live shows. But look at the stock price. That's, your, that's the real telling sign of how the company is doing. And when the, when the stock price was high 18 months ago, even though the show sucked, that company is making money hand over fist. And you can't, you could say, well, the company's not healthy because their show sucks. No, just, be, just because you don't like it doesn't mean they're not doing very well, which is what they were doing 18 months ago. And now the price is at a third of that. Something may happen. When the vaccines start coming in and, you know, travel restrictions start to get lifted and maybe there's a there's a big jump in in oil prices per barrel. And then the the Saudi Arabian royal family over there all of a sudden gets their financials in order. They start putting on shows bigger than WrestleMania, pal. Greatest Royal Rumble ever. Damn, pal. They start doing that again and everything will bounce back. I'll tell you what. That show's still going to suck like it did this past week. Thank you for letting me vent, ladies and gentlemen. I feel a little better. I really appreciate you. You don't know how much it means to me that you take the time out to, to email me, to listen to the show, to spread the word. It means the world to me. Uh, somebody who just, it just does this as a passion project. Somebody who just does this because it is something that I have... Uh, loved pro wrestling since I was five years old and as I turned 40 this year my, my 35th year of pro wrestling fandom just want it to be good and when it when pro wrestling is good there's nothing better pro re- when pro wrestling is good it's better than when football is good it's better than when the NBA is good it's better than when baseball is good it's better than when hockey is good When pro wrestling is at its best, it is better than any other sport at its best. And I can say I can say that with without delay. I can say that without hesitation. I I can say that truthfully from my heart. And I just want it to be good. And because when it's good, it's amazing. 
Uh, shout out to Mike Killam, managing editor at ProWrestling.com. Shout out to our buddy Doug E. Wrestling and the STF Underground Podcast. Drops every Friday on ProWrestling.com and your favorite podcast platforms. I got to hang out with Mike and Doug up in Chicago uh, about a week and a half ago at my very first Warrior Wrestling show in uh, Chicago Heights, I believe. Uh, Chicago Heights area. Wow, what an amazing, amazing organization. What an amazing crew running the shows. It was it was an outdoor venue. There was social distancing uh, enforced. There was mask enforced. There was temperature checks at the door. There was an amazingly stringent set of protocols put in place to be able to put on a show and have it be incredibly safe and the fact that they brought in uh, Luchasaurus and Tay Conti were on that card uh, Kimberly was on that card Jordan Grace Alex Shelley Jonathan Gresham Jake something the Rascals Brian Pillman Jr. it was it's just amazing an amazingly fun night and they just wrapped up their last of four consecutive weekends with these outdoor shows on a Saturday night. So you're going to have to wait until the spring to see a Warrior Wrestling show again. But I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And even if you can't get there, check it out on Fight. You know, you can buy, you can buy the cards on Fight for cheap. But if you can, if you can go there, it's about a four. It was about a four-hour, fifteen-minute trip for me, car trip for me, from St. Louis. Well worth it. And you know, getting to hang out with with Mike Kilm and Dougie Wrestling from uh, ProWrestling.com, be a part of the ProWrestling.com family, and and mingle with a lot of the you know the big names in pro wrestling today, and kind of see the the backstage workings on how these shows are put together and talk to the guys and gals that, that run these shows and see how passionate they are about these shows. It's, it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. It is a, a total class act and a class promotion that they run up there in Chicago area, warrior wrestling, uh, Highly recommend it. Highly recommend checking it out. I am going to be back 100%. I guarantee it. I cannot wait till they start uh, running shows again in the spring. I am going to be there with bells on. I'm really looking forward to uh, having another Warrior Wrestling show. So I wanted to give our, our buddies at Warrior Wrestling a shout out. Uh, definitely uh, keep tabs on them. And uh, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but uh, they had a big show this past Sunday. And uh, I highly recommend checking it out on Fight because they had some really big names there and uh, some pretty big uh, title implications as well. So definitely check out Warrior Wrestling up there in the Chicago area. Check out STF Underground on ProWrestling.com every Friday. Our buddy Dougie Wrestling, Fox and Ryan, and Mr. Main Event. And uh, also available on your favorite podcast platforms every Friday and uh, thank you for checking out this show on your favorite podcast platform as well as ProWrestling.com give us a follow at Rhino underscore wrestling that's at R-Y-N-O underscore wrestling I'm at Dan Rhino 
on Twitter. We're also on Facebook, but uh, we're on Twitter a little bit more often. So if you want to connect with us, uh, it would probably be on Twitter would be the best way to get a hold of us. And uh, if you're digging the show, leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We would really appreciate if you leave us a Dave, Dave Meltzer blocked me five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. Dave, man, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did to you. I always thought we had, I thought I always thought we had this little back and forth that was just like it was kind of like the you know will they or won't they you know kind of thing uh, you know Sam and Diane from Cheers kind of thing I'm Diane of course but I you know I kind of always thought we had something special and then you blocked me man for agreeing with you just not what he wanted I guess it's just not what 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 Dave Meltzer wanted so um, maybe someday I'll get out of the Meltzer doghouse, but for right now, your boy is down here at about a star and a quarter, and uh, he's not doing too well. Uh, as far as Dave Meltzer goes, that is. As far as you go, I think we're doing very well here. Thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing and spreading the word. We will be back next week with another show. Uh, we've got our big PWI 500 episode coming up very soon. Uh, we were going to drop it when the digital issue came out, but we were we were waiting until the print edition hit stands because some of you are old like me and you like to hold the print, print edition in your hand. And uh, the print edition just came out on newsstands this past week. So we will be having our big PWI 500, one of our most popular episodes of the year, episode coming up. And I'll probably have some guests joining me for the breakdown of the always controversial PWI 500 always subjective and always a lot of fun to talk about it so thanks everybody for downloading listening and subscribing and spreading the word we'll see you next week i'm dan rhino thanks to prowrestling.com don't kick out of each other's finishers see ya hey, it's the r to the y n to the o on a block like a tortoise with a slow on a block like a baker because i'm picking up my dough and when i'm in the booth like i'm cooking up a oat